Hey, how's it going? It's Julio Shorio for Pocket Shooters, and I am here with my buddy, Frederick Van Johnson. So <laughs> we are talking in this episode about to Zoom or not to Zoom. So Zooming with camera, Zooming with accessories, what's the pros and the cons, all of that good stuff. Frederick, can, can you Zoom uh, in an iPhone? You can zoom in an iPhone, uh, but there's there's some caveats to that. You can zoom. There's this there's this thing called optical zoom versus digital zoom. Now, we in in this society, in this world that we live in, we tend to equate quality with digital, right? You know, digital audio. It's got like the perfect audio. Digital this, digital. It's all like digital represents goodness. Not so much in the case of zoom. <laughs> so. Optical or analog is where you want to be. So optical zoom is basically the glass in the camera and it is resolving that image to the best of its ability. When you go digital zoom, so if you pinch and zoom on your iPhone on one of the older iPhones like this one, this is a 6S Plus. If I pinch and zoom on this guy, that is digital zoom, right? Because now it is essentially taking that image and stretching it out. And this process is actually, if you want to get technical with it, it's called interpolation. So it is when you spread something out, it's like atoms. When you spread atoms out, the space between the atoms, there's nothing there. Interpolation takes its best guess based on the pixels around it and puts another one in the middle there. So the more that you stretch it out, it's taking guesses and filling in the blanks with digital information, which then makes your image a little bit softer. So... That's the to zoom or not to zoom. So you can optical zoom, you get digital zoom. I, I pretty much never use digital zoom if I can help it. I zoom with my feet. If I need to get in closer, I'll walk closer to the subject and take the photo. But some, in some situations, you can't. Like say you're on, a, you're on a, you know, a ferry boat cruise or something, and there's some stuff happening over there, and you, there's no way for you to get closer to it then you might want to zoom in. Do you agree, you agree Julio? Yeah, totally. Um, I'm a, I uh, use a feature called the handy zoom. So it goes like this. <laughs> oh. oh, the elbow zoom. Yeah, the elbow. Also known as the trombone. That's it. <laughs> Depending on who I'm walking behind, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, that's really my preference for zooming if I don't have uh, any additional optics with me. Because uh, essentially, digital zoom is just cropping your image. That's all it is. So if you're going to crop it, why, why did digital zoom and make that decision instantly, especially because sometimes you can't see your screen, whatever, and the files aren't that big. It's like, just shoot it, and then later on, um, crop you're not it. Anything. You're, in fact, the horsepower, you're, you're relying on the horsepower and the algorithms inside the camera or inside the phone to do that digital cropping, like you're saying, when if you just take the shot, you could take it into Photoshop, which is probably, I would guess, probably more powerful <laughs> than, than the image processor inside your phone, you know, or, or any other application on your phone. You could bring it into like Snapseed and scale it up there or do it in the Photos app and scale it there. But like you're saying, you'll have options because if you, if you scale it and shoot it zoomed in, you're cropping it and all that information around is gone. If you don't zoom in and you take the photo and you can make the decision later and say, yeah, well, I should really have included that palm tree. You can crop the palm tree in there and you still have, you know, you'll have a better image. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's other options. I mean, you could just, just not zoom and, and deal with it. I mean, now keep in mind with the digital zoom and or crop, 
you know, be, you got to really, really, if you're going to do it, do a little bit. You're not going to take photos of the moon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ain't, ha I don't, ain't happening. It just ain't happening. Uh, it, it'd be like if you just needed to, to kind of basically remove a little bit of, uh, information around the frame to kind of put a little more focus on the subject, but go sparingly. Um, for me, like if I crop, I'm basically going from the uh, the four thirds. I think it's four thirds. Uh, the native capture of the phone to a like a square format because I like square format or whatever. But that's about it. But there are other options uh, like uh, optical lenses by uh, companies like Moment. Uh, Zeiss makes a really good, pretty high end system. Um, Schneider, so the old German glass companies are making cool lenses, and then stuff like the uh, the DXL one. Now, oh, yeah. why don't we talk about this? So, this is a one inch sensor, and essentially, it's a. We discussed this in a previous episode. It, it works with the uh, lightning port of your phone. It's on there pretty good. It doesn't just kind of fall right off. Yep. But it's a it's a larger sensor, so because it's a larger sensor, you get a little bit more of a dynamic range. So you're able to see more detail in the highlights and the shadows. And it's a 20 megapixel sensor. And it also shoots raw. So if you add in all those things, if you're going to digital zoom, something like the DXO1 is far better than something like the, uh, the native uh, camera there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I lost you, Frederick. You're all dark. Oh, okay. Oops. I was trying to share a screen with you. I must have lost it. Uh, let's see. There you go. Am I back? Uh, I'm waiting. There you go. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was trying to share a, a, the uh, the website for DxO. I guess it didn't. Did, Google didn't want to send that through. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's uh, we talked about the DxO one in an earlier episode, and you know some of the situations when you'd want to use it. I think this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks for bringing it up again. I think this this is an appropriate look at you know when you'd want to use it, and that's uh, the zooming. But the DxO one, in, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken, doesn't zoom right. It's a fixed focal length lens. Correct. But if you have a 20 megapixel larger sensor. Yeah. Crop down to eight. That's a significant zoom versus by starting off the smaller sensor at eight megapixels and cropping down to like two. Yeah. You know, so you could crop in from twenty to eight megapixels on a DX one. Still get a really sharp image, a printable image, if you wanted to, and then obviously an image to share online, without yeah. having to be like, well, I'm losing all information. I mean, you are losing information, but not, but compared to the iPhone, you're actually still going to get a, probably a, a superior image. But as you know. Apple just announced the iPhone 7 and, of course, the 7 Plus, which has two lenses and has a pseudo-zoom that uses interpolation, like Frederick was talking about, to go from wide to telephoto. Yeah, Do, actually, uh, so you have like a wide... It's got two... It's interesting, because I, I had a chance to, to play with Leo Laporte's uh, iPhone 7 a couple days ago, and it the zoom... It, yeah, so the camera... There's two cameras on the iPhone 7, which you would think that oh, okay, it's going to be a little bit more complex, and I got to know I got to switch from camera, you know, to whatever camera I want to use. But Apple, being Apple, has made it basically transparent, so you don't even realize that you're using two, two, uh, two cameras. So when you zoom, and you can zoom with your finger, when you zoom, it instantly switches and seamlessly from one camera to the other. So you don't even know, you know, when it needs to go and it senses that the user wants to be a, a little bit closer, it will step from the, the limit of one lens before it goes 
op before it goes to digital interpolation, it'll switch to optical on the other one and continues continue that zoom. Then at the top end of that range, if you want to continue zooming beyond the physical limitations of that lens, then it switches to digital zoom and you can zoom in even closer. So I did a really good job with it, I think. And then there's other companies, if you are on Android, like Huawei, that made the, uh, the partner with Leica, of all people, to make mm -hmm. their, I forgot the name of the camera. I'm sure someone can leave a comment and tell us. But, um, and that's a pretty cool option as well. So there's, there are options for Android users and, uh, and iOS users if you want to be a purist and uh, stick to in camera. But otherwise, there are, of course, options to add on to camera. In fact, there are companies that will make DSLR lens adapters for your phone, which is ridiculous. But yeah. um, if you need it, I guess, you, you, you know, you can put a 200. Yeah, that, that's like, I, I, I never agreed with that stuff. It's like, uh, it's just like it, it just ruins the whole, almost the, the, eth the ethos of being able to slip your camera or your phone in your back pocket and whip it out and get some shots <laughs> and then go about your life. When you're putting a cage on this thing and power and lenses and, you know, zoom knobs and all this stuff. It's like, why not just use a larger camera, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like just for just because you can say you're a baller with an iPhone. Like, yeah, yeah I did this. I mean, unless you're you're an ad agency or you know, Apple hired you to shoot a movie, a feature. Apple hired us to shoot this feature length film with an iPhone. Yeah, then you're gonna put the Iron Man suit on an iPhone to get these shots. You know, but if you're just a normal cons normal consumer, unless you know you're trying to prove a point. I don't feel like you need all that. So I think the, the like getting things like the, the DXO one. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause that just sticks on there. You know, the auto clip things like that makes sense. Cause that just sticks on there and they're light. They can go in your bag or your pocket and you're, you know, you can keep rocking and rolling, but adding a cage and all that stuff is a little bit crazy, but Julio. Okay. So switching gears away from photography. What about video? zooming in video on your phone do you uh do you do that you like no video cameras first came out a while ago i know i'm dating myself but when they first came out that was the thing you know you had to you had to zoom everything you know you got the telephoto wide switch there and you got to zoom in on dad's nose because it's important <laughs> you know? what do you think yeah and that's kind of how it was back then you'd be zooming in and zooming out and zooming yeah. in and zooming out yeah. um i unnecessary I, zoom <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't zoom at all with, 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 uh, uh, with video yeah. because it's really, it's really, really going to degrade the image. You'll really see it. Now the app I use to shoot my video with my preferred app is Filmic Pro. It's an mm -hmm. awesome app. There are actually movies made with the iPhone 5S on up with Filmic Pro. It's an amazing app if you want to really get into making uh, high quality video. Well, and it's so, got, so let's, let's stop there for a second. Okay. What's so amazing about it versus just using the, the software that comes built into your phone? So I have an iPhone 6 Plus. So it's six, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus will only shoot 1080p video, but Filmic Pro will unlock up to 3K video for starters mm. at a high bit rate. Okay, you can also specify which microphone because there's three microphones on the iPhone. There's the front, there's the back, front, and the bottom microphone. You can specify which microphone you want to use. You can um, you can do focus poles built in with stops, so you focus in one place, pause, store that, focus on the other, store it, and then just kind of slide it, and it won't go past the stops. I mean, there's like, oh wow, there's okay. so many 
I mean, if there's so many, so many cool features and it's easy to use. You can control it from your uh, smartwatch, from your Apple watch, which is cool, or your iPad. I mean, there's a ton oh, of cool things. Yeah, you can see, and it becomes a separate screen. Oh, you can actually see the screen too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like the video, not just the yes. controls. Right. How come yeah. Apple didn't build that in? Like that seems. Yeah, well, you they, can, I mean, you can trigger you can trigger photos with and take photos with the Apple Watch mm -hmm. of you know using a built-in. So I mean, there's a, and, and it's got zoom. And what it's cool with as you're zooming, the the zooming bar goes from green to yellow to red. So as long as you're within the green and yellow area, you should be okay. Because when you shoot video on a smartphone like any other digital camera, it's only using a portion of the sensor. So essentially, I guess it's kind of shifting pixels or something to that effect. But when you get to red, it tells you you know that the quality is a little degraded. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a very smart smart app for shooting video. I I absolutely recommend filmic pro to everybody think gosh i think it's like five or six bucks or something but i mean you can watch a movie there's a movie on netflix called i believe it's called tangerine it should be on netflix or amazon and i was shot completely with the iphone and filmic pro all right i'm making a note so, i'm going to check it out tangerine so don't use don't zoom and video unless you're using filmic pro and just you know and then as, oh by the way filmic pro is on android it's on android it's on Android, so everyone everyone gets the love. Yeah, yeah, we gotta gotta spread the love around. The world does not revolve around iPhones. There's mm -hmm. so many other awesome devices out there. Indeed. Cool. All right. So yeah, I think for me, from my standpoint, zooming, um, it's much like I, I don't know when I when I first started doing more video. One of the first lessons I learned, I don't know, like ten years ago or something, was to stop moving the camera. <laughs> stop zooming let it get your shot let it sit there for a minute record 10 or 15 seconds of the content then stop it and move on and get another shot and then edit that stuff together and it makes a much more professional kind of experience and you know a lot of that was because camera you know if you move the camera around it's shaky and it you know it gives you substandard quality Recently, we fixed a lot of that because even, you know, the, the iPhone, the new iPhones, even the older iPhones have image stabilization in them. Like the 6S Plus has image stabilization built in, optical image stabilization. So it will take out some of that shake. So you can move around uh, like that. And even with some of the, the mirrorless cameras like this camera, it has a built, this is a GX8 or a GX85. It has built in really good five axis image stabilization or is it three, three and no, five? It's, it's five for video. It's five for video. So it, it basically kind of acts as a steady cam. So we've come a long way from the, those days, but I still say the rule of thumb is avoid moving the camera, avoid zooming, you know, especially unnecessarily, unless it adds to the final product. Like that's part of the story that you zoom in on something, then don't do it. Just put the camera there, get the shot or hold the camera 10 seconds, get the shot and go on with your life and, you know, then put it together later in, in whatever video editing program that you like to use is. Do you agree with that, Z? Yeah, totally. And the thing is with video, when you're shooting video, it doesn't have to be, you know, don't think of it in our head as making, making a movie. You can basically use something like um, a, a Joby GorillaPod and mount your camera on, on, a, on something and maybe like here we have Lake Austin and maybe I'm just recording video. Most things are gonna be static and maybe there's just a little twinkle in the water. Not a cinemagraph, but just shooting video with letting, letting the scene do, do the work uh, for you and treat it like a photograph. And so when you are doing editing, say like with the quick app from GoPro or something, you could add a couple video clips, short video clips, 10 seconds long, 
and in them with your photos and have something a really fun dynamic presentation and then and then if you need to zoom zoom in the edit there you go there you go boom all right cool man shall we uh shall we close this one off yeah totally so anyways i'm julia shorio that is <laughs> that is frederick van johnson wesley snipes <laughs> wesley snipes <laughs> always always been on black it's always always right. the absence <laughs> of light so you can um, you can support the show, and we greatly appreciate it if you go to patreon.com slash pocket shooters, and you can go to school.thisweekinphoto.com to purchase the pocket shooters course, which will take all these subjects and go into further depth. And in fact, we got some really rad interviews with some of my close friends, prof professionals that use smartphones in their work, a professional photographer that's Jeff Newton, the shot for Men's Health Magazine, Wells Fargo, to a creative director at a top ad agency named Matt Fisher, and they use their iPhone to do ad campaigns and to run socials, and he goes into the detail of whether or not he would actually hire a photographer using an iPhone, and it's in a very interesting conversation. That is, that is, and that's where things are going. That is, a, that's an important conversation, I think, because it, 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 it used to be, it used to be a ludicrous proposition that you would use a mobile phone to do a professional revenue generating job. And it's becoming more and more plausible as these sensors and the capabilities of these phones get better and better. And in some cases surpass traditional cameras, right? So it's a brave new world, man. And it's pocketable, <laughs> you know, not, not to be like one of those posts on Facebook, but the answers will truly, truly surprise you. Like when I see him next, I'm going to have, uh, which is tomorrow. I'm gonna have a very interesting conversation with them about about that because I, I was it. I was shocked and, and it was it was refreshing as well. So I love it. Don't you love this stuff? You gotta love this. Oh, it's this. so much fun, dude. Yeah, this world of small shooting. It's 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 fun and it's lightweight and it it's it's a moving target or evolving target. Things keep changing. New toys, new apps, new add-on features, new techniques keep showing up. But it's all on top of a bedrock of traditional photography because everything you learned about traditional photography still applies and all your superpowers still apply there but then there's a layer on top of it of all this other cool stuff that you can do now and it's empowering right like everybody's got a smartphone so if you have a if you have a dedicated camera great continue to use that try sh shooting some different stuff with your smartphone if you're just getting a photography you already got a smartphone and then maximize that and at some point you may want a dedicated camera but it's empowering to know that we're all on the same level playing field here and if you're making awesome work it doesn't matter how you get there what matters is that you got there yep exactly yeah yep perfect way to end we're going to continue that discussion i think in the next episode of pocket shooters but yeah take us home g all right this is uh, julia shoyo and frederick van johnson for pocket shooters we will catch you next time <laughs>